Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. Check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code UNDERMINE for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Hello, below a kingdom bathed in ink, now opening the onyx gates, I sense the reaper as I sink, within oblivion awaits. That's from the song Oblivion that fishes Trey Anastasio and I wrote this past January in Annapolis, Maryland, that seems to be on its way to becoming a new staple in Fish's vast repertoire. Of course, with 400 or more songs in the stable, it's hard to predict anything about any song but I'll explain my logic a bit later in this podcast. Fish just performed 10 new songs this summer, two of which were from the batch that Trey and I wrote together on that trip. Those songs are Oblivion and The Well. And the previous time we went to Annapolis to write songs was right as COVID was starting up in February, 2019. In that session, we wrote a lot of songs, many with my pal, Scott Herman, that became Trey's album, Lonely Trip. One of those songs was Evolve. And again, you'll see why I'm giving that a special mention. For now, remember, Evolve, The Well, and Oblivion. Um, but let's back up. I got so excited to talk about the new stuff, I forgot to talk about the old stuff. I'm Tom Marshall, your fish tour guide here on Undermine. And while we took the summer off to travel to such exotic places as Alabama, Alpharetta, Wilmington, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Philly, and New York, we lent the Undermine keys to some friends to house sit feed the dog, and go through the pile of mail waiting for us. But the party's over, guys. We're back. And when I say we, I mean my Undermine co-hosts, RJB and Benji Eisen. We're getting ready for Undermine Season 5, but first, we wanted to bring you this Undermine special report. So it sounds like we might be uh, stuck in no man's land. <laughs> Hi, Benji. Welcome back. Hope you've had a good summer. Tom, what do you mean had a good summer? My summer, I don't know about you, my summer is still in full swing. But yes, I, I didn't get to see any live fish this summer, although thanks to live fish, I saw every note live anyway. Um, and then I, I just uh, worked a couple of Billy and the Kids shows that we just pulled off. They were amazing. And 
Well, and now I, I don't get to say this every day, but now I have four nights of dips waiting for me. <laughs> Well, well, that's great. But actually, I didn't ask you a question. I just said, I hope you have a good summer. Um, what about you, RJ? Oh, Tom, I've got some uh, I got some bad news for you. Oh, gosh. Is it about Jimmy's cat? Poster nutbag? No, it's about your cat, RJB. Oh, no. Did he get hit by a comet? <laughs> well, nothing, nothing like that. But he did. Well, he did get hit by COVID uh, <laughs> at MSG, and he called in sick today. Oh boy! Uh, everyone got hit by that COVID comet at M- MSG. They got uh, MSG nineteen, as it, as it's being called. Um, but uh, just so everyone can be reassured, reassured, uh, RJ is healthy from what I know. But he's a single parent for a while, and his uh, spouse travels for work. He's got, I think, the three kids, and I believe he may have a sick family member. So, Benji, I think it's just you and me. Well, Tom, it's you, me, and all of our listeners, although, you know, I'm sure they don't want to hear this. <laughs> they want to hear about the Psalms. And uh, actually, you know, we'll, we'll give the people what they want, but not because they want it, because I want it. Uh, I, you know, having been at those trade shows myself and then watching this summer tour play out, you know, I want to hear about these songs. That they, The Psalms kind of became the star, if not the, the story of summer tour. So, uh, well, let's start with Tom. Did, did you make it out to any of the shows and did you get to see any of your actual new contributions live? Yes, I didn't couch tour the whole thing. I uh, went to Syracuse and happened to see Evolve and Oblivion. And then I went to uh, a bunch of, I went to four of the MSG shows and saw The Well and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Fish is at the top of their game. And, and I always say this, and Trey always says this, that we're blessed to have an audience that is interested in the new music. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's always great when they release uh, a lot of amazing music and they really did this time, but you said earlier that you saw none. Well, I saw none of it, although, well, I saw 19 or zero, depending on your metrics. First of all, you say an audience that likes to hear new stuff. And I did see the three tree trio shows this summer with a ton of new stuff. And those were my three favorite shows of the summer that I saw probably because of that. As far as Fish, um, as I mentioned earlier, I I did I watched every note that Fish played this summer, which was 38 sets of music, but all of them were from the comfort of my bedroom in California. And uh, I think, you know, well, let me tell you, Tom, Fish was hands down the best thing that was on television this summer, except perhaps for the bear, but I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty it's, it's pretty close. Um, but yeah, doing an entire tour, literally not missing a note. While in sweatpants, I had my Aviator Nations on. I had soup on the burner in the kitchen downstairs. It felt pretty revolutionary to do a whole tour like that. And I'm thankful, of course, to, as we all should be, to Brad Serling, to Trey Kerr, who's the director, to the entire Live Fish and Nuds team for for making that possible. Um, But enough about us. And I think, actually, by us, I just mean me. Let's (laughs) talk about you, Tom. Uh, Let's talk about you and Trey. And let's also talk about your new friends. Uh, new friends, that's your way of saying new songs. Yes, I hope you didn't get new friends beyond RJ and I. Uh, that, that's my way of saying new songs. Yes, let's talk about the new songs. Good, because that's also what I want to talk about. Well, good, because that's what RJ wanted us to talk about today. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, actually, let, let's start with uh, Evolve, I think was a favorite of mine before it was ever played. It was part of that, you know, Trey's pandemic cycle when he was he was posting a new tune per day from the socially confined, uh, socially distanced confines of the rubber jungle. And I remember waking up every day and, and, and I would even take my phone. This was in, 
lot lot downtime. I would take my phone with me into the into the bathroom and the shower. I was getting ready and play the new songs on repeat. Evolve was one of them. Uh, so let's start right there. Did you write any of the of the other songs that was on uh, that album, which was uh, Lonely Trip? Yeah, actually, Lonely Trip is uh, such a great album. Uh, I love it, and I really had a huge hand in in, in the writing of that. Lonely Trip was um, almost entirely made up of songs from our. Uh, 2019 pre-COVID writing session I mentioned before with my pal Scott Herman. I think we wrote 17 songs in that weekend, and most of them got on Lonely Trip, including Lonely Trip. Um, in fact, the album Lonely Trip has uh, 15 total songs. Only four are just by Trey, and the rest are me, sometimes Scott Herman, and Trey. And Evolve, like you mentioned, is hands down my favorite song on that album. Okay, well then I guess we should probably talked about evolve uh mm-hmm. it, you know it appeared like like i was just saying it, it really did appear to everyone at home uh during lockdown when, when everyone was at home you know that uh trey was it, it felt like trey was writing recording and then posting a song a day um because that's how he was putting them out you know one, one a day on on instagram and on social media but you know as you just said that's apparently not how they all originated so when and where did you write Evolve? And take me through the song's uh, evolution, if you will. <laughs> um, okay, the song, uh, like we discussed, was crafted in Annapolis. Um, but the words, Scott Herman and I have a delightful email or texting habit of sending weird stuff to the other guy, hoping it strikes a nerve. So one day in 2018, he sent me, um, I paused a moment once in time before the sun began to shine to weigh the choice I had to make and therein lies my first mistake. Now, uh, the funny thing that happened um, was I think he wanted me to elaborate on that mistake. I think that was the, the word that he wanted me to, to, to clue in on. But what I saw was that it was the creator, you know, talking about creating the universe who paused a moment before the sun began to shine. And in fact, Scott later confessed to me that he, he didn't think this was about the creation at all. He, he, he was indeed focused on the mistake and before the sun began to shine just meant that it wasn't morning yet. Not that the sun hadn't been created. <laughs> um, but thankfully I misinterpreted his meaning, which is always, you know, the risk in collaboration, your ideas get bent and twisted by some, someone else and create something you wouldn't have thought of alone. Um, so my answer to him was just that I, the creator kept making mistakes um, but those are never really elaborated on. So my answer to him uh, was about the second mistake. I said, uh, my second came just after that to keep the solar discus flat and make the planets scurry round. The math required was quite profound. And that, of course, is a nod to um, Isaac Newton, his masterpiece, Principia. Um, that's the book. It, it, it's a longer title, but it's called Principia by every scientist. Um, discovered... Uh, the laws of planetary motion and gravity, and it was nothing short of the foundation of modern science. Um, and uh, man, I, I love reading about stuff like that. Like the crazy thing is he wouldn't have even written it if not for the encouragement of his pal. And it happens to be another astronomer who makes it into fish history, um, Edmund Haley. Um, but uh, if you're into science... Uh, of comet fame. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he's an astronomer and found Haley's comet. But if you're into science at all and want to read the best, easy to read, amazing book. It's my main gift I give to everybody. Um, it's called A Brief History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson, and I can't recommend that more. Read it, and you'll become a fish lyricist. Well, 
actually you'll have to read the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Vonnegut and uh, Hunter Thompson. And there's, there's a lot more <laughs> actually, but anyway, Scott's answer was, was the brilliant and hilarious third stanza. So he wrote, um, and now it's mountains, streams, and plains, 10,000 creatures, none the same, a million little things to solve or not. I'll let them all evolve. I love this because it's almost like evolution means that God can take a nap, you know, take his hands off the wheel, let stuff just happen naturally without trying, you know, without trying, Scott builds a huge fence between science and religion in an offhand lyric, which hits you like a hammer, but you don't even know you were hit, which I love. Um, it's a soft hammer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's only one more verse, so I'll finish. And we're not going to do every lyric of every single song, but, um, it, it's, uh, first came the light, then came the sound, then came the worlds that can never slow down. Then came the people with problems and hope that don't mean a thing if they just knew the scope. Well, you know, I love that one, uh, so much. And the meaning seems pretty self-explanatory, especially as, you know, I I'll sing along or at least, you know, not too loudly, but you know, <laughs> in my head and, and, uh, I, it, it just, it's self-explanatory, but it's also brilliant. And from uh, there's two ways of reading it that I always play around with in my head, and uh, reading it the same way, but inter but like somehow taking something slightly different from it. And that's there's the nihilistic viewpoint, which is nothing matters, so why bother? <laughs> right. And then there's the existentialist viewpoint, which also says that nothing matters, but isn't that great? <laughs> you know, nothing matters. You know, so, so did you did you see either? You know, nothing matters can can be a curse or a blessing. So, did you see either side of that particular coin when when writing it? Uh, I I think definitely. Yeah, I think all thinkers think about that, right? What are we here for? When we're we're less significant than a grain of sand from the universe's perspective. Um, Carl Sagan's uh, "Pale Blue Dot" essay is a beautiful portrayal of that. I think the Voyager was out near Pluto, turned around and took a picture of Earth and against the backdrop of other stars and stuff in our in our galaxy, it's this tiny, tiny little blue dot. And he wrote this amazing essay, how everything that matters to you, everything that's ever mattered, every person, every whale, every everything is on that tiny pale blue dot. And then it's like against this backdrop of so many other pale blue dots. It's incredible. Um, oh, by the way, that's also in that book by Bill Bryson, if you want to uh, read it. Uh, a brief history that. of nearly everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, Tom, you, you and I have never talked about that book before, but I love that book as well. Uh, and it always reminds me of, you know, oh, possum, your end is the road. You know, it, it, it's the same thing. It, 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 it's uh, not that book, but what we're talking about right now with the blue dot. Yes. You know, uh, it's totally. uh, your end is the road. 
But anyway, uh, and we could do a podcast on Bill Bryson someday, but yes. let's fast forward right now to uh, fast forward, but also, I guess, from where we are sitting right now, rewind to June 2023, this past uh, summer. Um, so I went to Denver, like I said, uh, for the weekend to catch the, the three tree, Trey Trio shows. And I saw uh, three new of the Tom Trey t- tunes, uh, which are The Well, Oblivion, and Where They Find Us. Two of, wor- of which, of course, became not just Fish's de- debuts this summer, but along with Evolve, they became the only new Fish tunes that got the repeat treatment, um, which is kind of a relief to me because it cements their place in the repertoire a little bit, where some of these others, when Fish does a one-off with the repertoire that they have and they play a song, you never know if you're ever going to hear it again. But if they repeat it just a few nights later, your chances go up exponentially, I'd say. So um, so that was a relief to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think I saw it kind of the same way. Um, you know, they, Trey and Denver had an unprecedented amount of new debuts, and, you know, the wingsuit, method is that he was testing them as live songs gauging the audience reaction but also how fun it was to play them on stage um and the way i look at it is um if you think about uh three tiers to me and uh so like the three shows with the trio you know trey fish and and desron in, in denver that was tier one and if my count is right there were 19 new songs debuted over the over those three nights in june and then tier two was the summer fish tour, uh, the 12 shows in July leading up to July, leading up to uh, Madison Square Garden. And then finally, tier three was the seven MSG shows from the uh, July 28th to August 5th. So I'm proud to say only three songs were played in all three tiers. That's Mission Ballroom by the Trio, uh, the summer tour lead up to MSG, and then finally MSG. And those were Evolve, The Well, and Oblivion, something I'm immensely proud and grateful for. Gentlemen, we all know first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are or that you just don't care about your appearance. Show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a -a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The clean slate starts and ends your day. This face wash leaves all types of skin refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. The good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. It's amazing. I've been using this stuff all summer. I feel fresher. I look cleaner. I look a little bit younger. It's amazing, amazing stuff. I feel so lucky to have discovered Caldera Lab, and I really want all of you to discover them as well. So just for our audience here, we have an exclusive offer, and I guarantee you this is their best offer available anywhere. Use code UNDERMINE at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. 20% off with code UNDERMINE at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. 20% off at calderalab with code UNDERMINE. 
Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com, that's distrokid with a capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine for a special offer only for our listeners. That's distrokid, capital K, dot com slash VIP slash undermine. Thanks, distrokid. Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Um, but let's cover all those debuts at the Mission Ballroom, and um, you can uh, discuss the ones that, that you want to, uh, Benji, and I'll quietly count out the ones that I co-wrote. Should we just list them at first? Yeah, let's just list them at first. Also, there might be 2.5 tiers, too, and in in that when Trey played the, some of those tunes, played Oblivion, for instance, with Tab, uh, you know, with his band right before Fish Tour, and that's one of the reasons I knew that Oblivion was gonna was gonna make it we'll we'll get to that first Good let's, call. let's Good do call. yeah let, let's do the 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 count um as it were for a little section of undermine we call the count i i just made that up we've never done this before all right <laughs> and i'll count i'll count my songs that i've contributed to of these so so okay, you go ahead all right yeah so we're at the mission ballroom it's trey desron and fish um on june 9th the debut the debuts that night were will they find us mine um, so that's one for you. The Greater Good. Two. Perseid. Halfway Home. Monsters. Oblivion. Three. The Well. Yep, four. And Ether Edge. So it's four for you for, for that first night. Um, yep. That's a lot for a yeah, night. Incredible. Um, incredible. And then uh, the next night, uh, which was a Saturday night in Denver on the 10th of June, it, there was If I Could See the World. Uh, the Endless Dream, Pillow Jets, Outside the Lines, and Machine. Wow. Um, and then uh, the next night, Sunday, uh, June 11th, the debuts were Shaking Someone's Outstretched Hand. Five. Um, Evolve, which wasn't quite a debut, right? right. But it was a rearrangement. That Six, counts. yep. Broken Into Pieces, Flying Blind, Valdez. Yes. And Valdez and Splinters of Hail. That's a lot of debuts. And I, that I, is, had, I had seven of those, which was amazing to me. Val, Valdez was one of yours too? Yes. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Valdez, uh, uh, there's a funny story there. Trey 
like absolutely loves it, but he knows that I don't. And so he like will actively campaign and like he turns into a politician. He like asks other people to tell me how much they love it. You know, that kind of thing. He's, he's incredible. He's like, uh, you know, working the back, the back channels. Yeah, as I was well. going to say, yeah. why do you think I just snuck, snuck in there that I, that I said I love it? <laughs> it's hilarious. Let me, <laughs> let, let me put you on the spot, Benji, besides the ones I, I, I wrote or even with the ones I wrote. What were your uh, favorites? Well, besides the ones that you wrote, which we'll we'll get to, because um, they're all I, they're, they're just such great additions to the, to the repertoire. Uh, um, each one for its own reason. But uh, let's talk about the other ones that that you didn't write for one second. I might lose uh, some Instagram followers over this, but I, I love Perseid. Uh-huh. Um, I actually, you know, this is where I'm really going to lose the followers is that I love the song's predecessor, Forward People. Mm. Um, you know. Because I think it, it it to me it's a it's a big sounding song that could be a huge moment for Fish for like a New Year's Eve gag. It's one of those tunes where when I hear it, uh, almost like the when Mercury was first debuted. Like when I hear it, I don't hear it in its present form. I hear the potential, and I hear like how it just could be really really huge. Ether Edge is a surprise to me that it grew on me as much as it did the first time I heard it in Denver. I, I I kind of you know almost discounted it, uh, just just you know uh, brushed it off in 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 the shadow of some of these other tunes. And Ether Edge really grew on me uh, by the time Fish played it this summer. Pillow Jets was the same. It also grew by the time when Fish played it. That's when it hit for me. And then Monsters, um, Monsters was an instant love for me because it kind of has this gorilla style melody. That I loved, uh, and it matched uh, with the subject matter that I can I can <laughs> really relate to about the monsters in your head. There, there's monsters I don't want to know about in your head, Benji. Oh, Tom, I've got demons for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> demons that could kick the shit out of uh, Frankenstein, Godzilla, or the Blob. No, not not the Blob. I don't think. Well, okay. Well, you know, oh, you know what? Maybe not the one from Billy Breeze, if that's the one <laughs> we're talking about. But uh, since most people won't know what we're talking about with that, then let's tear this back to um, the the well. Because uh, this, um, this is just a, a, a besides it being a truly a, a, just a great addition to the Fish repertoire. It's a fascinating song with a lot to unpack there. There is the light versus dark. Or have some have said, uh, I think my favorite way of, of explaining it that I, I saw somewhere on the World Wide Web was that it starts off in Enid Sinclair's side of the room and then it ends on Wednesday <laughs> Adams. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then there's the lyrics, which, you know, I have a hunch kind of mean something. So let's start right there uh, with you as the lyricist, lyrically. What about them? Well, what do they mean? <laughs> 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 what do they uh, mean, man? I usually don't say what they mean, but all right, since you asked so explicitly, uh, I mean, if I have to boil it down, I I would say that it, it means that music and light can reach the bottom of a well, too. You know, the darkest, most silent, cold place you might find yourself, and that's not devoid of hope or meaning. Um, I think the song is ultimately hopeful. There's like, you know, there's rainbows and blue jays and pots of gold. Um, my favorite verse, probably the song's signature might be, um, uh, every forest has a message, every meaning traveled far, every orchard sowing sunlight, every tree contains a star. Yeah, see, that's what I said earlier when I said there's a lot to unpack. It's just a fascinating song. I love that verse. Uh, it is the song signature. 
um, at least in my in my experience of in it. Mine too. And and then when it gets down to the evil part, then it's like it just lights up all those parts about fish because you know it, it takes you on a journey. So talking about the journey, um, Tom, why don't you take us a little bit into the process, the journey of the song? Uh, where and when did you and Trey write this? So this this is also from our Annapolis uh, 2023 set session. It's a brand new song, like Oblivion. Did you have the light? You know, this is so interesting to me. Did did you have the the light versus dark, or the songs? Uh, would say the vibe dichotomy. You know, in mind when you when you wrote the lyrics, like did you when you sat down? Was it like okay, let's do something that starts off in point A and, and you know starts off. Uh, above ground and ends on the dark, dark bottom of the well. Uh, did you know that it was going to sound like that before you kind of, uh, you know, be- before you heard Trey's uh, version in Denver? Uh, you know, I think that you suspect the answer to this, and I'll, uh, but we haven't talked about it. But I, I think the reason that you crafted the question like that is because you know the answer to this. But this is one of the few times Trey actually did pull a fast one on me, where when he and I left it, it was above ground. <laughs> the song was entirely above ground. And it's kind of funny, you know, I, I knew the song as, as the light first part really the Franklin Tower roll away vibe song with a mildly psychedelic but harmless lyrics, you know, but it wasn't until I heard the live version from Denver that I knew that there was a dark chapter to it. That's why I asked you because I actually thought my hunch was the opposite. My hunch was that maybe you, you were, <laughs> as a writing exercise, maybe you're like, let's start and let's start an Enon side of the room and end, end on Wednesday Adams. Uh, but then I also know that, you know, with Oblivious Fool and stuff like that, uh, with Oblivious Fool as its journey to Shafty and things like that, how sometimes the, 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 in songwriting, when you collaborate with somebody, the collaborator can have trips up their, their own sleeve. Um, but it, it's, so, you know, the well is so good. And I can, I know I'm not the only one that, that thinks this. I can immediately picture the refrain uh, the from the bottom of the well part where they're kind of screaming it, you know, uh, in in fish, uh, evil fish, you know, uh, territory that it kind of, I can see them framing an entire set like that, kind of like where when they ever, when they do cross that and pain, that sometimes they go back into still waiting and they weave yeah. it in throughout the set. I could see them doing with, and from the bottom of the well, I could see that reappearing several times throughout, throughout a set. I mean, they, they kind of did that once already, but I could see them really making that, uh, uh, uh we'll have, at some point we'll have, uh, the well show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe well show. that part is definitely Trey. That part has a touch. That part has a touch of Trey in it. 
See the see the show. <laughs> Someone gave Cheers. me this. Yeah. Um, so uh, that one for sure. That that second part is all is all Trey. I think he wanted. I think he was in a band with Fish, uh, for Fishman, and I think he was you know excited for like not only getting him on mic but also allowing him to thrash and like I said like uh, the Black Sabbath aspect. You know, it's a uh, uh, he he might have he might have felt it like too bouncy or uplifting or something you know um everyone's happy and there's like pennies in the fountain with birds and then night comes with a vengeance i love it it works and i saw the fans react to both parts uh you know positively yeah i love it it works and it also is undeniably uh and i hate using the, the this word like this but it's fishy like it's undeniably it has that fish ph vibe to it you know yeah um yep. that is such a, a a huge part of their identity uh it has because it's it's humor it's the fish humor yes um so tom why don't we go quickly now through some of the new debuts that that you didn't write but that made an impression on you oh um mike uh had a debut at msg that kind of stuck in my head for a little while because i it's one of those i i know i have to go back to it's a it's called back in the bubble and it's ambitious but kind of too complicated to absorb. So I have to go back and listen to that one. Um, uh, but I remember loving um, his and Trey's harmony. There's some kind of part, I'm calling it the chorus for want of something else, but there's a section where the two of them are singing and it repeats um, and it's beautiful. Their harmonies are amazing and it's an incredible melody. And then there's this other part I remember where Trey is doing this riff, like kind of the band slows down and, and highlights Trey but it's a written riff. It's not, it's not improv. And it kind of sounds like he's playing a wrong mode or, or something until the band starts getting into the groove and the vibe. And, and then I realized that it's definitely part of, of the song. And to me, it's the highlight of the song for me. So, so that's back in the bubble. Um, life-saving gun. I remember as pages contribution when often the one there's Mike, Mike has one page. I'll have one. It's, it's interesting how they kind of balance um, when there's new stuff introduced. Um, if, if that's pages, uh, you know, I found it to be a platform for a jam, which is fine, but it felt a little bit more like an experiment, like written in band practice. Um, but you know, uh, one that I, I did completely fall for, uh, was Trey's new song broken into pieces. And that is a classic rock song with, with cool part, parts, um, and great lyrics and mark my words. I, I think that one's going to stick around. Um, and then I'm going to do a shout out to, um, and flew away because this one's on lonely trip. Um, Trey wrote that one, uh, on his own. Um, and it's got like a, a kind of strange dark part. This is another one with a dichotomy. Um, you know, someone's in my head and then it goes into a life redeeming, beautiful part. It could be over. Um, and this one will stick around too, for sure. And it has like a funny hanging surprise ending, which they'll jam out for sure. It's a great song. So those are my, those are my predictions broken into pieces and flew away. We'll see again. Yeah. Broken into pieces in particular, it's interesting to me and, and flew away. We all were familiar with because yeah. Trey had been playing it and it was on lonely trip broken into pieces. I remember seeing it live for the first time when when it, the first time anybody heard it and i remember i wasn't quite uh you know i i it takes i i'm very quick to adopt new songs and and i and i'm of them i'm wired for wanting to, the reason i see fish so much is because i want to hear them play new you know new music whether it's an old song or not i want to every time they play i want it to feel new uh but broken into pieces didn't quite work for me and then when fish played it it was instantaneous i was like this is 
it was it's a huge tune and now i'm fully on board that that train um and well uh to make a pun of it well uh, that leaves one song that I guess well would have been a better pun for the well, uh, but well, what are you going to do? That leaves one song for us. And uh, before I get obliv- obliviated and that's oblivion, um, you know, so I kind of had the impression early on that this was going to be the most played song of the summer. What, uh, what led you to that idea? Well, you did, Tom. Uh, you did it publicly, uh, unintentionally, I think, when when you posted the lyrics. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and I think that after the Trey Trio shows, it'll, 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 there are a few things that, that combine. It was that after the Trey Trio shows, that's the one that got the most immediate chatter online and even amongst my own friends. That's the one that came up the most. Um, and then I saw you you tweeted the lyrics, uh, some of them. And, then, and that's when I first started thinking about the lyrics. And then... Uh, it was the first, like I alluded to earlier, it was the first of the new batch that Trey played with his, his solo band when he did a couple Trey and Anastasio band uh, shows. I, I believe it was maybe in, in, in the Stone Pony where he debuted it uh, for those the two shows that he did there, you know, uh, that weekend right before Fish Tour. And then it was the first to make it into the big leagues uh, on night one of Summer Tour. So naturally it felt from the very start that, that this was the one that they wanted to explore they wanted to push. They wanted to take it past the twenty-minute mark first. You know, I almost thought just like when they did uh, when after Fuego came out, sample in a jar. Before that, sometimes when there's a new song, they play them almost every night. Like they they don't mind repeating it. And I could of you know I thought that might be Oblivion, and Oblivion was the most played uh, song. So did it surprise you that 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 one was that for that slot that it was Oblivion? No, kind of for different reasons than you though. I because I. I knew the inside story. I knew how much Trey liked it and how much work he put into it um, kind of behind the scenes and, and how it resonates with him, really. Uh, Tom, I'm sorry about this, but can you remind me, what, what verse did you tweet the lyrics to, if you remember? Oh, yeah, it was not a complete verse. I just did the um, um, between the layers in the soil, I crash through shale and splash in oil, oblivion awaits. So it's like a, a heartwarming lyric. Uh, well, not body temperature warm, more like flames of eternity, more like a, a heart burning lyric. <laughs> oh, you know, just your typical hit song. <laughs> you know, because Tom, I mean, you couldn't write something like, oh, baby, I love your ways every day. I, I want I want to tell you that I love your ways every day. <laughs> Let me tell um, you I love your way. Yeah. So why yeah. why the darkness here? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very dark song to me too, by the way. No, that's right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I want to tell you I love your ways yeah. every day. Every, that, every might day. Be, that, that might be oblivion. That might be it's hell. Uh, some it's, sort it's of hell. oblivious fool. Yeah. It's hell. Yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I think. I think descending into the dark kingdom, into oblivion, especially the way that this guy's going through shale and through oil, uh, would be interesting. Uh, it's interesting to go there in my mind anyway. Um, and I think we all explore the possibility of the hereafter in our in our heads uh, from one time to another. And, and another word for hereafter um, is eternity. And another one might be oblivion. But I think oblivion has like some negative weight to it, however which I love. Right. Whereas eternity often is the, the, that's the Enid side of the room. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eternity.
Uh, so did did this come this meaning of oblivion of course did it come from the same songwriting cycle as as the well um no i mean we we created them uh trey saw the lyrics at the in the same songwriting session however no not at all it, it uh in fact um the darkness of the well we were talking about was made up later um uh after i I had my hands in, in the writing of it, but Oblivion did actually come from a different songwriting cycle that now will never be known or published. Um, it was part two of this thing I had written called the Repair Trilogy, which was um, Repair, Reaper, and Reparadiso, <laughs> which is <laughs> nod with a nod and apologies to Dante, who of course wrote uh, Inferno, uh, Purgatorio, and Paradiso. So this is repair Adiso, um, but it will now never see the light of day, I don't think. Um, you can talk about why it won't see the light of day if you want, or we can just go and briefly talk about Valdis. <laughs> <laughs> Fish didn't play that one yet, Benji. Um, I know that, um, but when they do. When they do, we can come back here and talk about it. But right now, we have a lot of things to talk about. So let's pause right here. Uh, you and RJ are going to help me put the flux capacitor back together since his kids accidentally tore it apart. <laughs> and, and then when we spark it up, we're going to set all the controls to 1998. It was a different landscape for fish than it was for them in 97. And uh, before today, we left you at the island tour right at the beginning of 98. and. When we pick up this fall, we're going to have a different way of looking at it than you might think. Because this is my podcast, well, partially mine, um, I'm going to one more time plug Evolve. I want to urge you to listen to what I think is the perfect version of Evolve, which I also at the moment think is my favorite song I've ever written ever. Um, and that's the Huntsville, Alabama version from uh, July 12th. Uh, and thank you, Paige, for the best harmonies and solos. Um, and, and thank you, Trey, for playing it a lot. Um, and thank you, Fish, for being an amazing band. And thank you for tuning into this Undermine special report. We're Undermine and we're back, but not quite yet. We'll see you soon. Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the head-banging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.